though uh, if we have some visitors here you may want to give them the first pages and then the last page five and six for everyone Lord willing, I will get to the final page. I don't want to take all of our prayer time up. We do want to go to the Lord in prayer tonight. So I would like to spend a good season in prayer. If you remember, we started last week, and really the first verse is the theme that we're dealing with tonight. As David cried out, Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? And so we saw last week, as many people may cry out at the injustices of this world, where is God? Why doesn't God do something? Why does he allow this to continue? We, we hear people dealing with this all the time. And I just want to give you the first couple points. Those of you that need to fill that in if you weren't here last week. Number one, we have the question. Verse one. It's a basic question of life. Now, there are nine psalms where we find that question, why? Turn this off. Nine psalms. Psalm 2, Psalm 22, 42, 43, 44, 74, 80, and 88. But we also looked at, let her be, the basis of this question which is very important. Now remember, David was not asking this question out of unbelief. Anything that is not of faith is sin. So if we are in any way asking why God, when we're questioning him, his actions, and maybe... Uh, Questioning whether God is acting consistent, consistently with his character or his word. If we do that, that is sin. Because God will always work consistently with his holy, just, perfect, uh, merciful, gracious, loving character. And then he'll never contradict his word. So this question, as we see this question and we read the question, why in the Bible, we need to keep in mind two truths. We said that in number four under letter B. The first truth is this. Things are not always as they appear. Amen. It may appear as if God is doing nothing to help. It may appear that God has distanced himself from us. It may appear that God does not care. 
But remember this, we can't see everything or know everything that's going on. Amen. Just because we don't see God working doesn't mean God is not working. And then the second truth of this is this, God is not accountable to us. He is God and we are not. We are the creatures. He is the creator. God is greater. God is exceedingly wiser. God is far more powerful than we are. Therefore, he is not obligated to give us an explanation on everything. And we considered a little bit about Job, right? Especially chapters 38 to 41. So God, his wisdom and his power is far beyond our understanding. And so when God chooses to be silent, we must trust him. We must trust his promises. We must trust the word of God, everything that we see in God's word. Now what? is the real number two the cause we have a question but really brethren tonight the cause of all trouble in this world is not god amen you can't blame god for what's going on and with the evil of this world the cause is the wicked the wicked are the cause amen how many people are blaming god today for the trouble. I don't know. I'm on this. Uh, as I told you before. Counseling people online. Their referrals. Google searches. They refer all these people to me. And uh, in our zip code. area, And uh, sometimes area code. Because I had a guy from. Um, he's in Mississippi right now. But because he had the area code here. They hooked him up with me, but uh, I can't help him except just giving, encouraging him and finding help for him. But there's a lot of people with a lot of serious issues emotionally and spiritually. Depression, alcoholism, addictions. I'm thankful they're reaching out. But, you know, there's only a few of them reaching out. How many are out here tonight in Houston area, surrounding towns, blaming God for all their problems? You know, you've heard it before. You've talked to people. You may even have family members blaming God. Bitter at God. And the reason they are bitter at God is because they're uh, questioning why he allowed some tragedy to happen in their life. Or even to a loved one that they know. Well, let's remember this. God is not responsible for the rampant evil and injustice of this world. Just look at the news <laughs> don't look too long amen 
But just consider all the cities, all the violence, all the looting, all the killing. That's not because God, God wants that. That's not because God wills that. That's because of the evil and wickedness of man. The evil heart of man. And so we lay out here verses 2 all the way down to verse 11, the characteristics of the wicked. The characteristics of the wicked. The wicked persecute the poor. The, the principal problem of the wicked is pride. We saw that in verse 2. And as you go down and read the, the passage you will see pride in all these verses. Greed in verse 3. They praise the greedy, the covetous. They denounce the Lord. Verse 4, the wicked through, his, through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all of his thoughts. Verse 3, the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire. Blesseth the covetous. Whom the Lord abhorreth. Verse 2. The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. It's pride. It's pride. And then we continue. In verse 5. The wicked man is firm in his pride. And disregard for God. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far above out of his sight. Thinking, okay, God's not going to judge me. They don't care about, they don't fear God. As for all his enemies, he puffeth at them. Verse 6, self-sufficient. He had said in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. Verse 7, the wicked have mouths that are full of cursing, lies, and threats. I think this is where we're at. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, we pick up here. His mouth is full of cursing and of deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. He sitteth in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places doth he murder the innocent. His eyes are privily set against the poor. He lieth in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lieth in wait to catch the poor. He doth catch the poor. When he draweth them out into his net, he croucheth and humbleth himself that the poor may fall by his strong ones. He hath said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hideth his face. He will never see it. We'll go to there for now. So we say, we see in verse number 7, they, the wicked have mouths that are full of cursing. Cursing, deceit, lies, and threats. So what is this revealing? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Here's what we see. 
the blackness of the wicked man's heart. What's coming out? Five evils, cursing. He swears oaths or makes promises he has no intention of keeping. Deceit, craftiness, guile, treachery. This is the word used of Jacob's swindling of his brother in Genesis 37. Of the Antichrist's dishonest dealings in Daniel chapter 8 and chapter 11. Fraud, threats, and intimidation used to force others to give him his way. Oppression, mischief, trouble, and grievous toil directed at others. Vanity, deceptive speaking which leads to sorrow. So brethren, here is what we see. The wicked. Verses 8 to 10. The wicked are lawless. I, I think when you start looking at the picture that's being paint, painted here, uh, the wicked are described in a threefold way. He's uh, abandoned. He's a, uh, like a lion, like a lion, and like a hunter. That's the picture here. He sitteth in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places doth he murder the innocent. His eyes are privily set against the poor. He lieth in wait secretly as a lion in his den. So there he is. A lion. He, uh, he doth catch the poor. He lieth in wait to catch the poor. He doth catch the poor when he draweth him into his net. He croucheth and humbleth himself that the poor may fall by his strong ones. So it's, they're lying in wait, taking advantage of the weak, the poor, the, the oppressed. Think about all the dishonest financial schemes there are directed toward the naive, the greedy and the desperate in our world today. How about tobacco, alcohol, illegal drugs? Isn't that all a trap? You can, you can see the wicked there trapping, setting their traps, causing young people. I mean, think about the, the youth of our country today, addicted. How many are dying of fentanyl overdoses, opioid overdoses? How about pornography in the sex industries? They prey upon sinful lust and upon those involved in unfulfilling relationships. I mean, if this is just a sampling of what I get, people uh, referrals to me as a pastor, mo I mean, I want to say at least 80% of what I'm dealing with is people who have broken relationships 
broken marriages. It, and, then, and what are they turning to? They're turning to drugs. They're turning to alcohol. They're turning to uh, adultery and fornication. How about the deception of materialism in the advertising industry? What we're seeing here, the weak, the poor, fall into the trap. The wicked are lawless, number 10. The wicked think that God will overlook their sin. And I think that's the whole question here. O Lord, why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor, verse 2. And then he goes on and, and uh, de describes the evil works of the wicked all the way down through this text. And we see in verse 11, he hath said in his heart, God hath forgotten, he hideth his face, he will never see it. Isn't that? Satan's deception, he's the master of deception. We know that the wicked have fallen into Satan's snare. And here it is. Because they don't experience immediate retribution, he thinks God had overlooked his sin. God's not going to hold him accountable. And remember this, do not mistake God's patience with God's lack of interest in justice and the violence and the oppression. Don't think that God's overlooking anything. They will be accountable for all of their evil works. Part of that temptation in the Garden of Eden was Satan tempting Eve to ignore God's judgment. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So brethren, God is not going to overlook sin. And this leads us to the answer. In verses 12 through 18. Here's the answer to the trouble and evil on the earth. Are you frustrated? <laughs> Do you get frustrated as a believer when you look at all the evil? Do you become frustrated? With the success of evildoers. Listen. We look around the world. And we look at the oppressed. We look at the persecuted. We look at the martyrs. The modern day martyrs all around the world. It certainly. Affects our hearts. Amen. So how do we handle the frustration? How do we handle God? This question. When God is silent. How do we deal with it? When God delays his justice, 
How do we deal with it? Well, let's see what David did. Verses 12 and 13, David calls on God, very simply. We need to call on God. What does he say? Arise, O Lord, O God. Lift up thine hand. Forget not the humble. Wherefore doth the wicked contemn God? He hath said in his heart, Thou wilt not require it. Thou hast seen it. For thou beholdest mischief and, and spite to requite it with thy hand. The poor committeth himself unto thee. Thou art the helper of the fatherless. Amen. Break thou the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out his wickedness till thou find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The heathen are perished out of his land. Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear to judge the fatherless and the oppressed that the man of the earth may no more oppress. Amen. Brethren, this is the answer. So David is crying out to God. Arise, O God. Spring into action, if you will. Lift up, he says, thy hand against the wicked. And this is he's asking God, to mount an opposition to the wicked, against the wicked. He's asking God to bring it down with a stroke of punishment. And David cries out also to give attention to the humble. Those who are oppressed, depressed even, beaten down, from abuse and mistreatment. And isn't this our struggle, brethren? Verse 13, wherefore doth the wicked contemn God? I don't think we're all, any of us are satisfied or at peace with this. I think there's a struggle in our hearts. How can they revile God? How can they think that God's not going to hold them accountable. I think as a believer, we can't even fathom how people can ignore God and scoff at his warning of judgment. Amen? David knows the true and living God. Therefore, it is beyond compre comprehension that people boldly laugh in the face of God. They mock him and his power. They challenge his righteous character and his commitment to justice. They view his warnings of judgment as empty threats. That's what people are doing today. So, brethren, David struggled with that. Amen. So, cry Call on God, cry out to God, we could say, verses 12 and 13. But then, brethren, the last part of this chapter is very simply this. And I think we all have to come here. 
Trust God. Amen. See, as this psalm draws to a close, David expresses his full confidence that God is where? On his throne. That God has everything under control. The Lord may not explain to us why some people seem to get away with their evil deeds. But he does assure us that he will judge them. Amen. And ultimately he will defend his own. So the Lord answers. All of the statements that we read. About the wicked. In verses 2 to 13, the Lord gives an answer right here. And I think we need to trust God for several reasons. Verse 14, because God sees what is going on. Amen. God sees what is going on. Thou hast seen it, for thou beholdest mischief in spite to requite it with thine hand. Brethren, God's not overlooking anything. God sees it all. God is going to judge them. I think of all the sadness and sorrow, the grief, the trouble, the inward grief, as the, the wicked persecute the helpless. God takes that very personally, amen? You know, it's talking about there in verse 14. The poor committeth himself unto thee. Thou art the helper of the fatherless. Amen. God sees what is going on. But in verse 15, God judges sin. We can trust him because he will judge sin. Break thou the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out his wickedness till thou find none. Isn't this an answer to the false claim of verses 12 and 13? That the, the wicked uh, says God will not require it. God will require it. Amen. God will carefully investigate each sinner's life and work until every deed is exposed and judged. Seek out his wickedness till thou find none. And then verse 16, because God is king. The Lord is king, amen? What do the wicked claim? There is no God, verses 1 to 4. They're claiming that God is not going to judge them. But what's the truth? God is Lord, God is King, and He's ruling over all. That's what it's saying here. We see that in Psalm 2, Psalm 5. We can continue through the Psalms. And I think last of all tonight, verses 17 and 18, we can trust him because he defends his own. Amen. The Lord is king forever and ever. 
the heathen are perished out of his land. Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear. Amen. To judge the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may no more oppress. See, the wicked boasted in verses 5 to 7, ah, they're not going to be moved. But God has other plans for them. He hears the prayers of the fatherless. He hears the prayers of the oppressed. He hears the prayers of the humble, of the poor. And God will answer, amen? He sees their plight. He strengthens their hearts, even in the trials that they suffer. But he will eventually judge those who abuse them. People of faith can depend on the God of heaven, but the self-confident and the arrogant, you know what he calls them? People of the earth. The man of the earth. The heathen are perished out of his land. They have no future with the Lord. Brethren, we could say with conviction and light, life without the Lord is empty and vain. Our citizenship is in heaven. Their names, our names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. They don't, we don't belong to this world. Although we are in the world and we're, we're not of the world, but we're, we're called the redeemed of the earth. <clears throat> Them that dwell on the earth. That's what he's talking about here. Those, the earth dwellers, are those that we find in the book of Revelation. Brethren, this world is not our home. Amen. Isn't it sad that these earth dwellers may have the upper hand today, but wait until the Lord reveals his hand. Amen. You see, the, the answer to the frustrating question of God's silence and delayed justice is not an explanation, but really an exhortation. Trust God. Have faith in him. Remind yourself of his character. Remind yourself of his promises. Review history, amen, as you read the Bible. Review history. See where he has moved according to his schedule and not man's schedule. In his own time, God has intervened and destroyed evildoers. What did he do in the land of Canaan? Every tyrant on earth has eventually been stopped. And they will eternally endure the just punishment for their crimes. Remember that every case in God's courtroom is not tried immediately. Every offender is not instantly apprehended and sentenced. But not one slips through the cracks. Amen. Every case will be ruled upon 
until God's docket is eternally cleared and justice is forever done. Why? Because of who God is. He is just. He is righteous. He is the defender and friend of the weak and the helpless, the fatherless, the, the poor, the humble. Brethren, I think we could understand more of this question. Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? Brethren, what are you going through? What's your outlook on life? What's your perspective of what's going on in the world? Call on God. Cry out to God. And simply trust Him. Have faith in Him. He is in control. He sees all things. He will answer your prayers. He will deal with the evil of this world, the wicked, the persecutors, the oppressors. They will all be judged. And aren't you thankful for all the promises we have of that eternal kingdom? Righteousness will reign in that kingdom, amen? Holiness, and we will be with the Lord forever and ever. How to deal with God's silence. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.